Trapcast Express. Trapcast Express, it's Saturday, September 23rd, 2023. The 57-year-old Jesuit Novos Ordo priest Antonio Spadaro is one of Francis's favorites. As the editor of La Civiltà Cattolica, which used to be a prestigious journal of fine theology, but has long since become a dreadful modernist rag, of course, it is Spadaro who gets to publish transcripts of the conversations Francis always has with Jesuits when he visits abroad. In 2013, Spadaro received the honor of conducting the first big interview with the then new pope, and one may speculate that Spadaro is perhaps one of the ghostwriters for some of Francis's speeches or official documents. In the summer of 2017, Spadaro made waves with an article that accused politically conservative Americans, both Novos Ordos and Protestants, of an ecumenism of hate. 2017 was the year also in which Spadaro posted what is probably his most famous tweet. On January 5th of that year, he wrote, quote, Theology is not mathematics. Two plus two in theology can make five, because it has to do with God and real life of people, unquote. Well, isn't that brilliant? What he's ultimately saying is that in theology, anything goes because, you know, life and stuff. And granted, that is the impression one gets from reading Novus Ordo theology a lot of times. It's just whatever. You know, they just make it up as they go along, at least people like Francis. There's just one little problem with Spadaro's math analogy. The Jesuit superbrain forgot that it's not just in mathematics that 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 5, it doesn't with God in real life, either. In any case, Spadaro has been in the news again as of late. On August 20th, roughly a month ago, the secular Italian paper Il Fatto Quotidiano published a sermon of Mr. Spadaro, one I guess he had written specifically for that left-wing publication. The sermon is about Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28, which tells of our blessed Lord's interaction with the Canaanite woman. You know, the Gentile woman who asked Christ to cure her possessed daughter, but our Lord appears to just ignore her and brush her off before he eventually grants her request and praises her faith and perseverance. Now, in his sermon, Spadaro commits blasphemy and heresy because he brazenly accuses our Lord Jesus Christ of being a sinner. The sermon was printed in Italian, of course, but Vatican correspondent Edward Penton published his own English translation of it on his blog, and it's from there that I'll be quoting. Now, I'll skip the beginning of the sermon and give you just the most outrageous parts. And of course, the link to the full text will be found in the show notes. Quote, again, this is Spadaro speaking. Quote, Jesus remains indifferent. His disciples approach him and plead with him in amazement. The woman was stirring those who also misjudged her. Her cries had broken the barrier of hatred. 
but Jesus does not care. Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us, his own plead with him, trying to discreetly use the excuse of her insistence and the annoyance that her presence would have caused to the heart of the Lord. The silence is followed by Jesus' irritated and callous reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The Lord's hardness is unshakable. Now even Jesus plays the theologian. The mission received from God is limited to the children of Israel. So there's nothing to be done. Mercy is not for her. She is excluded. There is no discussion. But the woman is stubborn. Her hope is desperate, and she breaks down not only any supposed tribal enmity, but also opportunity, her own dignity. She throws herself in front of him and begs him, Lord, help me. She calls him Lord, that is, she recognizes his authority and his mission. What else can Jesus expect her to do? Yet he replies in a mocking and disrespectful way towards that poor woman. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs, that is, to domestic dogs. A lapse in attitude, manner, humanity. Jesus appears as if he were blinded by nationalism and theological rigor. Anyone else would have given up, but not the woman. She is determined. She wants her daughter healed, and she immediately grasps the only fissure left open by Jesus' words— where he had referred to domestic dogs, and therefore not stray ones. They share their master's house, in fact. And so with a move that desperation makes cunning, she says, It is true, Lord, and yet the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Few words, but well-posed, and such as to upset the rigidity of Jesus, to conform him, to convert him to himself. Indeed, without hesitation, Jesus replies, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And from that instant, his daughter was healed. Well, actually, you should say her daughter. And from that instant, her daughter was healed. And Jesus also appears healed and in the end shows that he is free from the rigidity of the dominant theological, political, and cultural elements of his time. So what happened? Outside the land of Israel, Jesus healed the daughter of a pagan woman despised for being Canaanite. Not only that, he agrees with her and praises her great faith. Here is the seed of a revolution. Unquote. What you just heard, ladies and gentlemen, was heretical blasphemy. Spadaro accuses our Lord of being a sinner of being in need of conversion, and therefore implicitly of not being God but a mere man. Arianism is the name of that heresy, and it looks like it has come to life again. What an abominable, heretical blasphemer, this Antonio Spadaro. So, what do you think? Has anything happened to him since then? Has Spadaro been removed from his post as editor-in-chief of La Civiltà Cattolica? You know what? He actually has. He has indeed. Yep, on September 14th, not quite a month after the blasphemous sermon, the Vatican announced that Francis had appointed Antonio Spadaro 
the new undersecretary of the Dicastery for Culture and Education in the Roman Curia. That's right. Spadaro got a promotion. Hey, if Francis lives long enough, he may just make him a cardinal. And now that Spadaro's gotten his foot in the door at one of the curial dicasteries, he's definitely on the right track for that. In other news, as you may have heard, a few days ago the Kazakh Novos Ordo Bishop Athanasius Schneider released a statement entitled On the Validity of Pope Francis. In a few paragraphs, he attempts to convince people that even though Francis be a heretic, nevertheless, even a heretical pope remains a true pope. You're just not allowed to follow him in his heretical teachings. Yep, that is considered top-notch Catholic orthodoxy among many semi-trads, though admittedly not among all of them. Somehow, they all do agree that Francis is the pope— they're just not in agreement over why he isn't a false pope. Some will say that he isn't a heretic. Others will say that he is, but hasn't been officially declared one. Still others, like Schneider, will say that even though he may be one, he still remains pope either way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this past Wednesday, Kevin Davis of the Catholic Family Podcast had me, yours truly, on his show, and we spent the better part of an almost two-hour episode going through and refuting Schneider's statement, demonstrating in detail where his arguments are not sound, where he is simply wrong. And we don't just say it, we actually prove it. You can watch the video on YouTube, it's called On the Invalidity of Pope Francis, and I've put the link in the show notes, and you can also find it at the Novos Ordo Watch website on the blog at novosordowatch.org in the entry of September 1st, 2023, entitled, Must Francis Be Considered a Valid Pope? A State of Arcantist Response to Athanasius Schneider. And finally, you know what's coming up, right? What's just around the corner in Rome? That's right, the Synod on Synodality, which is more and more looking to become a mini-Vatican III. The first of two plenary assemblies of Synod delegates is about to begin in the Vatican in early October, and it's probably going to be Francis's last big opportunity for pushing more of his, you know, surprises Given that he'll be 87 in December and is not in the best of health, he knows he has to hurry up if he wants to kick the apostasy up yet another notch. Now, to that end, let's not forget what he himself said in an address he gave to the people of the Diocese of Rome on September 18th, 2021, two years ago, just before the entire synodal journey officially began. He said, quote, Don't be disheartened. Be prepared for surprises. In the book of Numbers, chapter 22, verses 8 and following, we hear of a donkey who became a prophet of God. 
The Hebrews were about to end the long journey that led them to the promised land. Their passage through his territory frightened Balak, the king of Moab, who told Balaam, a seer, to stop them in hopes of avoiding a war. Balaam, who was in his own way a believer, asked God what to do. God told him not to go along with the king, but since the king insisted, Balaam set out on the donkey to do as the king said. The donkey, however, turned aside from the road because it saw an angel with an unsheathed sword, representing the opposition of God. Balaam tugged at the reins and beat the donkey, but could not get it to return to the road. Finally, the donkey opened his mouth and spoke, the beginning of a dialogue that would open the seer's eyes and turn his mission of cursing and death into a mission of blessing and life. This story teaches us to trust that the Spirit will always make his voice heard. Even a donkey can become the voice of God, can open our eyes and change our course when we go astray. If a donkey can do that, how much more can a baptized person, a priest, a bishop, a pope do it? We need but rely on the Holy Spirit who uses all of creation to speak to us. He only asks us to clean out our ears to hear better, unquote. So with this, I guess Francis has admitted that the Senate is going to be looking for new revelation from God, which is a blasphemy since all public divine revelation ended with the death of the last apostle. Well, if it's any consolation, Francis has personally picked a number of clerics to participate in the Senate who would otherwise not be allowed to participate. People who aren't even bishops, but will nonetheless surely be more than happy to play the donkey disclosing new divine revelation. One of them is the well-known American Jesuit LGBTQ presbyter James Martin, who wants to build a bridge to hell. The other donkey is Antonio Spadaro. So, folks, brace yourselves. You don't know just what the Spirit will be revealing to the Synod delegates next month. All we know for sure is two things. They'll be listening intently, and it won't be the Holy Spirit. Tratcast Express is a production of Novus Ordo Watch. Check us out at tratcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novusordowatch.org slash donate.